Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. He's been to the fore in revealing serious crime and the criminals who've perpetuated a reign of terror on people and communities the length and breadth of Ireland and beyond. His new book is about one Gerard Hutch, a.k.a. The Monk, and it's another truly revealing, no-holds-barred account of a side of life in Ireland that we hear about but mostly never experience. And he joins me on the show. Paul Williams, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for joining us again. I want to start from that point, just at the end of my introduction there. The catalogue of crime and murder, I have to say, is incredible. And I was, I read the book the weekend, and I was just there trying to digest it at the end, thinking about Al Capone, the Mafia, the Godfather, those movies, you know, and here it is, in Ireland, on our doorsteps. Do you ever get that reaction from Irish people that they're astounded? I do, actually. One of the things I've learned over over 30-odd years of this, Jerry, is that the truth is often much stranger than fiction. Um, a lot of the stuff that goes on, you couldn't actually make up. Um, you know, so it, it very much is, I suppose, life imitating art. And certainly when you talk about The Godfather, The Godfather has had a, has a, gang, a gangster movie has had a profound influence on organised crime in most countries in the world, but particularly here as well, where the people like Daniel Kinahan and a lot of other major players through the past 40-odd years have sort of seen that as their inspiration or whatever. But um, going back to your original point, yes, it is sometimes astonishing. But of what has, going on, has been going on in organised crime, but in the past 20 years, what we have seen is a descent into a level of violence that was unprecedented here that we had never seen in Ireland before, even in the worst of the troubles. And this is brought on by the drug trade. So, you know, you and I have discussed this, Jerry, and it's very close to you guys up there in LMFM yes. and, and your listeners. And it's like Keen Mulready Rhodes being, you know, not just murdered, but cut up in the most appalling way and, and dumped on the street in a bag. You know, that kind of stuff to people was so astonishing and so shocking um, that they, they literally hadn't seen the likes of that before. But we are seeing that popping up, atrocities like that popping up more and more as gangland descends into this sort of like uh, dark place beyond the abyss, worse, much worse than the, the likes of Mark, uh, that Jared Hutch, the subject of the book, The Monk, um, in the big picture, I say in the book, as I uh, chronicle his entire life and crimes and mm. what he did, and he's no angel, absolutely not. He's a very dangerous criminal, but also a criminal with a bit of ethic. And the kind of world that he evolves in and the kind of world he dominated um, is completely alien to the one we see today. So, in fact, 
while he, in the, in the, in the height of his reign, uh, when he was pulling off multi-million pound robberies uh, in the 80s into the 90s, at that stage, uh, we thought he epitomised serious crime along the, 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 the likes of John Gilligan or yes. Martin Cal and these people. But when you put that in context today, the amazing thing is that it actually looks rather innocent in comparison. Yeah, you describe him as an ordinary, decent criminal, and that jumped at me when I read that first, and, and that, that bears out what you just said a moment ago. But you also say, and I quote it from the book, that narcotics changed the dynamic of the underworld, yet this guy steered away from that. He did, and he steered away from it because that's one of the things about Jared Hutch that made him different to everybody else and made him stand out from the, the gangland rabble, so to speak, because he was introspective. He is a very calculating, pragmatic, and intelligent sort of guy who was intelligent enough and lacked the arrogance that a lot of the other criminals have and the hubris, whereby he did not basically try and cash in on something that he thought and knew would draw a lot of heat on himself and on his associates, and particularly as well from a moral point of view. And these guys have very uh, sort of <laughs> sensitive moral compasses, so to speak, but Jared Hutch saw the absolute devastation that the heroin plague brought to his local community, his beloved North Inner City community, where his heart is still very much uh, to be found. Um, and he saw that how it destroyed families, destroyed people, um, and brought this kind of plague on the on on his home turf. And, and, he, and for that reason, he did not want it. He made a conscious ethical decision that he would never get involved in the heroin trade. However, then the ambivalence comes in because a lot of his associates through the years have been major drug traffickers, including his nephews and Gary Hutch, his nephew that who, whose murder ultimately caused the so-called Kinahan Hutch feud. He was a major player in the drug business. Uh, also, there's stuff in the book where I talk about how while Jared Hutch eschewed the drug trade and was had this moral uh, issue with it, in particularly heroin, he didn't. He seems to have an ambivalence when it came to investing in drugs, say for destined for the UK market in terms of cannabis and and maybe cocaine, but particularly cannabis. And he would have. There's a, a former associate of his has talked to me exclusively for the book. Where he describes how Jared Hutch stayed away from the likes of the Kennans, but did dabble and invest money from a distance with other criminal gangs, particularly ones in Liverpool and Manchester. Uh, who he used to meet in the Costa del Sol. And that was only tenuous link, or the, the, the strongest link, not tenuous, yes. but the strongest link we could establish to him and the drug trade. But by and large, he very much stayed away from it. And the other reason, which I always found interesting as well, that even though he was a mad young fellow who had not been at school much and was as wild and was um, in a lot of trouble with the law and was on the other side of the fence and came from an area where, you know, the rule of law didn't really matter much because of so much deprivation and marginalisation and they felt that the state didn't affect them. But it was interesting then that within that, and it's from that cohort of people that you get people who become drug addicts and drug abusers because they feel the sense of despair. I wanted to come back to, to a point about him, and, and it's this. You mentioned his love for the inner city and his support for Corinthians Boxing Club, and he saw what drugs could do to a community. But here's the thing. He upped and moved sticks with his family to Clontaff, became a very respectable family there, mm. educated his chil- children. He didn't want them involved in this ga- game at all. I have to ask you this. Can you ever leave this game behind you? 
Well, the, first of all, Jared Hodge was the first man I thought who had genuinely left yes. the scene behind. But as what happened with his family, he was dragged back into this to no choice of his own, through the activities of Gary Hodge and other nephews who got themselves in all kinds of rows, which generally happens in gangs. But him moving to Clontarf with his family also is one of the distinguishing characteristics of this particular criminal, which you won't, do not find in 99.9% of the rest of them. And that was that he and his wife, Patricia, even though they had no education and came from deprivation, they were determined that the kids would be reared and reared well. And they reared five very fine young people who are respectable professionals today, although they live on the different names for obvious reasons. But that was definitely something that was remarkable. And even though Clontarf is only, say, a mile or two away from the north inner city where he grew up, it was yes. still a universe away from the world he had grown up in. And he wanted to protect and insulate his kids from that. To such an extent, by the way, that they spent their lives growing up, and not with other criminals or the children of other criminals, but in the company of one family, you know, a senior guard officer, and another was Jerry Ryans and people like that. And, and uh, Jerry and myself often discussed uh, some of Jerry, Jerry Hutch's young lads and how what fine kids did he they were and how well rare they were and that is something that really does uh, define uh, Hutch beyond the rest of them You know I, I'm reading the book the other thing that struck me was this you know the Gardaí and the authorities in this country were given the runaround for years by these people they couldn't put a finger on them they just couldn't you know get them but I, I take it that the establishment of CAB and the proceeds of Crime Act which you mentioned were two huge developments it was, absolutely. You have to remember, Jerry Hutch made his name because he is a, a criminal master mind par excellence, even better than, than Martin Cahill. And he he and his gang masterminded three of the biggest cash robberies in the history of the state, which to, the, between them would be worth in excess of 14 million euros today. And in those three cases, they were never caught. However, there was one close call in the first big one, which was Marino Martin, the sold 1.3 million, where Hutch's two bag men he selected to move the money to, to Newry to hide in a bank account in his name. But because it was in another jurisdiction, and because there was no such thing as CAB back in the 1980s, and there was no such thing as a Proceeds of Crime Act, that was legitimate what he did. And he could, he could hide his money in plain mm. view. The guard he moved in, caught these two guys moving the cash, sequestered, seized 300 grand of it. Bar that, None of the rest of the crimes were ever resolved or solved, or none of the rest of the money was ever recovered. And it was ironic uh, then that the Criminal Assets Bureau was established on the back of the murder of Veronica Gearn. Yeah. Um, and Veronica had interviewed Hutch, and Hutch at one stage had been blamed for shooting Veronica, people may recall, about 25 years ago, she was shot in, her, in the leg at her home, which was done on the orders of John Gilligan and, and John Trainer. And they, at the time, tried to do it in such a way to blame Hutch this was the way these guys played the game. But Hutch ended up going to Veronica's home and doing an interview with her, and she was very moved by him. And he admired her begrudgingly, and as he did with other journalists, and they had an accepted sort of, he wasn't involved in anything to do with intimidating her. Bring it on to June to, to 1996 when she's murdered, and Jerry Hutch is the only criminal in Ireland who publicly goes to the, the independent news and media building in Talbot or in, 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 in Middle Abbey Street in Dublin and signs the book of condolences to Veronica, for Veronica, and, and very publicly. And he did it as a gesture to show that he completely disapproved of this outrageous crime. But ironically, then, as a result of Veronica's murder, the Criminal Assets Bureau was set up and the first target, Operation Alpha A, 
was none other than Jared Hutch, the monk. Mm. And as a result of that, they dragged him out of, as you quite rightly pointed out, Jerry, they dragged him out of the shadows, uh, gave us an opportunity to name him and photograph him and get more involved in, in telling the public about him. And he was forced to pay 1.2, 1.3 million pounds at the time, which which again, in, a, in an extraordinary turn of events, with the truth being that the reality being much stranger than the fiction, um, he arranged with the Gardaí to go and lodge money in the bank, get a bank draft and hand it over to the cab officers. Yeah, it was a brilliant story. When I was reading that in the book, I could just picture it and I thought, oh my word, this is just surreal when you when you read the way this happened. The other thing is, where his father worked, he became a big property owner in that area of Dublin and he had a lot of property and, and a lot of assets. But come to the story, this is a, a, a kernel of this book, uh, when Gary Hutch was killed in September 2015, he had a lucky escape in Lanzarote on New Year's Eve and then he planned the Regency Hotel, a disaster of a hit from his perspective. I know David Byrne, shocking, lost his life, but they missed Daniel Kinahan. But when you look at the tally after that, by God, the Kinahans took revenge fiercely on the Hutches. It was outrageous. Uh, and I, I've always described this. It was when Jared Hutch decided that he was going, he decided on New Year's Eve, according to the people I interviewed for the book, that, you know, after this incident, when they went to take him out in Lanzarote, he decided, that's it. You can't trust these bastards. I'm going to have to do something. And the plan was to do something really spectacular, like his armed robberies. And that was what we saw unfolding at the Regency, a terrifying narco-terrorist-style attack. And the plan was the equivalent of a St. Valentine's Day massacre. Let's wipe out the entire Kinahan upper tier in one fell swoop, and then we'll have no more trouble with them. And that's what the plan was. But it was, as I've always said, a spectacular failure because of the cordite in the the lobby of the Regency Hotel, by the time that this patient, Hutch would have realised, my God, this was a failure uh, beyond recognition. These guys are going to come back after us and they will turn everything upside down. And that's exactly what the Kinahans did. The Kinahans unleashed a level of terror in this country, which, again, is extraordinary an extraordinary thing to be able to say, consider when you remember the history, particularly of the McCarthy Dundas, that Murder Inc. Mm. Uh, crew down in Limerick. But they launched this brutal attack. They turned the whole inner city, the people against people, decent neighbours against each other. They tried to turn the Kutch family into pariahs. It was become completely dangerous for your health to allow your kids to even sit in a classroom with with a Hutch relative or a friend or the child of a friend of the Hutches. They were being, it was in the most extraordinary uh, strike back and backlash we'd ever seen to such an extent that, which again is, is Probably counterintuitive but, and contrary, uh, contrary to what normal thinking would be, but the Irish public, Jerry, um, began to feel a great sense of sympathy. And I've talked to loads of crowd, groups of people over the years about this, and they would all say that, that the, the public perception of what went on in the Regency was terrifying, but then it was the backlash was so disproportionate that people felt genuine uh, sympathy Mm. Uh, for the Hutch family, which is an extraordinary thing to be able to say. And the reason they did that, because you cannot call it a feud. A feud is a misnomer. It it is more like the annihilation or the attempted annihilation uh, of one family unit by this murdering machine that just unleashed complete chaos and havoc. And to such an extent that Jerry O'Hutch has paid an enormous price. His brother who was his mentor, Eddie, the guy who trained him into the business of, of being an armed robber. And I tell all that in the book, how, how Eddie and himself worked together in the armed robberies. And, you know, he lost him first within three days. In total, over the, the two years, uh, he lost three nephews. 
he was close to his nephews. Um, and he lost two of his longest, best friends in the world, his uh, Noel Duggan and Noel Duckhead Kerwin. Um, that was, is absolutely devastating. It's also devastating for Hutch to realise that the escalation of this feud, which he is quite rightly says that he did not in any way instigate or create, he was dragged into it. Um, he would be devastated as well by the fact that, that so much um, terror was brought down on the people of his yeah. local community uh, in his neighbourhood, the Hutch territory. Because the Hutches are very much homebirds, Jerry. They're not sophisticated world travellers. Um, they only knew one place to live, and that's the North Inner City. They mm. don't know how to live anywhere else. That's where they were bred and born and grew up. And it was therefore easy to start picking them out. And it was easy because you had people living next door to, say, Patsy Hutch or a couple of doors away from Patsy Hutch who could, for some reason, was inveigled into keeping an eye on Patsy Hutch to set him up to be murdered. And yeah. All of those people, uh, due to the extraordinary backlash and counter-offensive by Angarda Shikana, uh thwarted that murder attempt and several other murder attempts since and smashed the Kinahan gang on the back of the investigation that yes. ensued with the gang murder. But they literally turned people... Friends who were close became sworn enemies overnight. People who thought they had friends were being double-crossed and set up by those friends mm. to be murdered. It was, you know, you couldn't make this stuff up. When no, you go no. back to The Godfather, Jerry, it, it, it really is, this truth is much stranger than any kind of fiction. It certainly seeing. is, Paul, I have to say that. And it's, I say to you again, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. Now, I have to leave it there today, but I will say this. This book is simply brilliant and People should read it to really understand what was going on in this country. And thank God, as Paul says there, there have been big moves against these gangs in more recent times and the Guardi are having tremendous success. You are the outstanding journalist, as it says on the back of the book, of this and any other generation, Paul Williams. Jerry, Congratulations. The, the, check, the check is in the poll. Ah, thanks a million. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you, Jerry. Thank you, you too. Thanks again. Talk soon. Take care of yourself. That's Paul Williams there in the market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.